The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Which is the intention of non-ill will, which is how it's phrased in the teachings. And so, uh, according to Gill, it's often the poly, the negative, very strongly implies the positive. So it's phrased as non-ill will. The positive form of that is metta. Many of you may know this word metta. It's actually related in language to the word for friend. So it's about friendliness. So goodwill and friendliness. It's often translated as loving kindness, which is inspiring to many people and a little difficult if you think you're supposed to feel all, you know, kind of sentimentally lovey-dovey towards people that you find difficult. So I think it's very good to have a whole range of possible understandings of this word, from goodwill to basic friendliness to simply non-ill will. You know, it's great if you can manifest non-ill will in a situation. This involves discovering and reconnecting to this basic orientation of the intention not to harm, either ourselves or others, and not to dwell in an attitude of aversion to our experience. Sometimes when I'm so angry at someone for some reason, I have this little imagination, well, I would not act, if there were a button I could push to actually hurt that person, I would not push it. You know, and I can come back to that sense of just integrity with my own wish to connect to the intention of non-ill will. You know, even if I can't change my feelings in the moment, I can reconnect to my intention not to cause harm. So this, this intention, this intention is a value worth having. It's worth reflecting as, you know, Anne was just bringing up, especially in this election season, about what it means to value holding this intention. To let this and the other aspects of wise intention really rise to the top of our priorities and inform how we think about the other intentions that we have for our lives and our society. I read a very uh, uplifting article in the New York Times by the Dalai Lama and a semi-conservative think tank guy the other day about trying to, the Dalai Lama's guy uh, view on I think trying to understand this election and he phrased it in terms of people feeling like they weren't needed and like they had no role in society and they had no way to understand how they were of use to society anymore. And so this shades into perhaps his analysis was coming from compassion which is something that Bruni is going to talk about. But I was just struck by the intention that was probably in his mind in approaching this topic. How can I come at this topic in a spirit of goodwill? and the wish to say something positive and understanding, you know, instead of one more search for one more critical word or zinger that hasn't been used yet, if there are any. You know, he's trying to come at, at some way to phrase this in an empathetic sort of way. So we can also, it's important to separate sometimes the intention from an attachment to the particular outcome, right? We can intend... To, to come at something with goodwill. And that's what we're putting into it. And then what happens, happens. So I have this uh, quote I like from Václav Havel, you know, the president of Czechoslovakia who was in jail and imprisoned back in the Soviet era. 
he's talking about hope, but instead of hope, I would just think all these wise intentions. All these wise intentions, an ability to work for something because it is good, not just because it stands a chance to succeed. It's not the conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. You know, so if we can find a way to stay in touch with ourselves, this connection to the good in our hearts, and have the intention not to let our minds, our own minds, the whatever our own minds come up with, or the minds or the actions of other people disconnect us from this intention, from this connection with the good. And we can let ourselves be buoyed up by this sense of participating in and contributing to this stream of good intentions that's given rise to what's good in the world from the past and that will continue to arise in the future. So some things that uh, the intention of goodwill is not, it's not needing necessarily to figure out what to do and how to get it done. It's much more about how we do anything, how we do what we're doing, where we're coming from. It doesn't mean agreeing with or giving encouragement to the unwise attitudes, either within ourselves or that we perceive in others. We're not giving up our intelligent evaluation of what's skillful and wholesome. It's not the same as merging with or condoning or appeasing unwise behavior in others. But it's wishing that clarity and wisdom and kindness be encouraged or at least given a space to emerge. So goodwill may often manifest as simply listening, taking more care to stay aware of our own reactivity in a situation, which may mean stepping back from a situation rather than engaging in it from the urgency of aversive reactivity. So I want to talk a little about goodwill in relation to ourselves, and in a way of looking at it as to our inner community. You know, one of the one way to understand the teaching on not self is that we're all these multiple parts that are engaging in multiple partial selves and multiple attitudes and multiple viewpoints engaging in any situation. So in relation to our inner community, it's awfully hard to maintain an attitude of goodwill and friendliness to others if we haven't worked on befriending ourselves, meeting our own inner difficult aspects with less fear and less shame and less defensiveness. So we can learn to recognize and question this harshness, the hardness of the voice of the inner judge or the inner critic that seems to always be holding us to an unrealistically high standard of perfectionism or security. So we can learn to hold our inner experience with an interested and friendly awareness open to understanding what conditions may have given rise to this experience rather than simply identifying with it and not mistaking this one limited viewpoint for our highest and most complete perspective. And then it's somehow possible maybe to transfer this to other people, understanding that other people have all these different attitudes going on in themselves and they're just speaking right from their own harshest place sometimes. So often we're just kind of serially identified with these intentions. The intention arises from the critic, the critical intention. Then the criticized feels bad and runs for the refrigerator or the internet. And then the critic criticizes that. And so we're just 
totally identifying first with one and then the other. And then this gives rise to this sense of kind of a dog chasing its tail in this mounting cycle of, you know, having yourself run around arguing with yourself all day long. So um, by stepping back and regaining a sense of presence and a friendly acknowledgement that all these competing views are partial, we can slowly recover our intention to be kind to ourselves. So in this way, the practices of mindfulness and metta support each other and one easily blends into the other. So here are some specific practices that I found helpful in gaining more access to this inner kindness. You can turn to that harsh inner critical voice with as much non-ill will that you can find and perhaps ask, what is this viewpoint afraid of? What is it afraid will happen? What does it want for you? You know, we can often uncover a sort of t- a spot of tenderness, a spot like a like a scared child who wants well for us but doesn't is unskillful and panicky in the way it asks for it, you know. So this is a way of transforming this energy from a source of inner ill will to really recognizing, in a way, it's underlying goodwill. It's underlying goodwill for our own well-being, even though that voice has a lot of harshness in it. There's a relationship to me between speed and lack of kindness. So moving around, bouncing around from one thing to another, or just the mental speed of agreeing, disagreeing with yourself and arguing with disagreeing with yourself, and I shouldn't do this, and I shouldn't feel this. And Can you slow down that speed and really begin to connect with those statements one at a time and assign them to the origin that they're coming from and just slow the whole process down? It's a real opening to kindness. Likewise, tuning into physicality, especially of touch. I find it very helpful sometimes to begin a sitting noticing the quality of my hands on my lap as my hands are connecting with my lap. Are they tense and gripping or are they tight? Can I sort of imagine that maybe petting a cat or touching a sleeping child or something that would naturally bring out a gentle and kind attitude in you? So you can use the sense of touch to get to reconnect with slowing down and kindness within yourself. Um, It's so often we're so self-concerned so much of the time. We're thinking about ourselves, arguing with ourselves, trying to make ourselves better. Simply changing the channel to connect with something that is very easy for you to feel kindness towards. Perhaps it's a pet or a child or some some person who brings up a, easily a feeling of goodwill in you. I like to just watch the birds and the squirrels going about their business in the backyard. You know, one of my favorite translations of one of the phrases of the official metta practice, formal metta practice is, um, may you take care of yourself happily. You know, so I just like to watch the beings taking care of themselves, going about their business, you know, finding their nuts and flying from branch to branch. May you, may you, do, may you live with ease. And this also, this also brings up the wisdom of what's sometimes called the waterfall model of goodwill. So we often start with our most difficult... We might informally try to start with our difficult people. I should love whichever candidate you find challenging to especially love. 
you know, and, and, but it don't start there, you know. Start with something that's really easy for yourself and cultivate that softened heart and then apply that to someone who's maybe neutral, you know, may the clerks in the store be happy. And then as, as you find that your own heart is softening and filling with goodwill, then that's a prerequisite for it to become possible to think of letting this attitude spill over to a difficult person. And partly that's because what we begin to see is how good this feels to ourselves to feel this way. You know, it's, it's your own heart that you're harming when you harden up and feel ill will to someone. So by using any means that work for you to get in touch with that soft heart, then it becomes something that you value. And then you can see that not only do you not need to harm another person, but that it's really harming you to just give rise to those thoughts of ill will. So the traditional uh, order of the practice, the practice that is a, a formal practice for cultivating this is wishing, may you be free from fear, may you be well, may you be happy, may you live with ease. And traditionally you can begin with yourself, or if you find that difficult, you can begin with something that's easy, as I mentioned. And then you move on to people that you love, dear friends, neutral people, difficult people, And finally, just extending this to all beings so that it isn't really specifically connected to an object, but just radiating this sense of goodwill, this boundlessness of this quality of goodwill is a feature of it that's often mentioned in the teachings. It's simply, it's an internal quality that has no necessary limit based on what's happening and what you encounter. It's, It's something good to add to all situations. And then we can just really keep it very simple in daily life interactions. You know, you can think of a time when you were met maybe just with surprising friendliness and goodwill. You know, maybe you wanted to return an item you bought and you were kind of braced for how difficult this was going to be. And they just said, sure, you know, fine, no problem. It's just the ease of somebody who's just friendly and cooperative and offering goodwill. Somebody who was just helpful sometime when you weren't expecting it. So it's just a matter of giving this simple gift to others whenever you can. Giving every situation every chance to turn out okay. To allowing the hidden potentials for some new way that you might not be able to foresee to emerge. There are these well-known verses from the Dhammapada that follow on what Liz wrote, what Liz read. Hatred never ends through hatred. By non-hate alone does it end. This is an ancient truth. So I have just no time left, but I'm going to steal a minute and a half from your break and read this poem that probably many of you know, but it's a lovely poem on this subject, and in case anyone hasn't heard it, you should hear it. So this is Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop, the passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. 
Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore, only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread, only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. So let's take a break, and then Bruni will talk about compassion, and we will have another get-together to discuss these topics. Thanks. Thanks.